You're listening to Chameleon Church. Biblical antidotes for the modern man. With your host, Ellen Aguirre. Alan Aguirre with Chameleon Church. Good morning. It's Tuesday morning. It is the last Tuesday of September. I am just flabbergasted that the month is gone already. That I am. Hey, hey, you're on social media. If you're on YouTube, be sure to like and hit that. Uh, I mean, be sure to subscribe and hit that little bell thingamajigger dingy, ringy dingy. Remember that? One ringy dingy, two ringy. Who was the actress and what show was that on? Yep, she played it. Uh, she played an operator. One ringy dingy, and she did something weird like with her nose. Man, I am old. I am freaking old. I uh, I was thinking about something. I was thinking about something that we did. Uh, I did, and it was like, oh my gosh, that was forty years ago. How can something be forty years ago in my life next year? Chameleon Church Show. Hey, Alan Aguirre, coming to you live and direct from the Wasatch back. It's fall. I'm wearing my fall colors. I get to start. I get to bring out, bust out my clothing. I've got clothes because I heard that someone told me that clothes make the man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm drinking some coffee. Look at this. Oh, yeah. My rude awakening mug. I like this mug. Yep. Um, I had something I wanted to say and then I totally forgot because it was at spur of the moment, top of the, you know, off the cuff. That's how we roll. Oh, yes. If you don't know, if you've never been here before, welcome. We've got all these new people showing up. Thank you. We greatly appreciate it. Yeah. So don't don't forget social media. Do all your social media stuff. If you're on Facebook, uh, like, uh, leave a comment, say hello. If you have any. Oh, see, there I go. I just froze. What did I tell you? You can hear me, but you can't see me. This is when we bring in the illustrious Lenny Parada, who can uh, good morning. This is our the co- our co-host here, Lenny Parada. Lenny, how are you doing this morning? Look at I'm good, frozen. Good. Can you believe the that? Redwood Curtain had some rain the last couple of days, and now it's sunny out there. It's starting to the sun's coming up. It's gonna be beautiful. So it's nice and sunny out there. Yes, it's just starting to break. Really pretty, right through wow. the trees. Well, that's a good thing. Hey, so can you uh, can you keep keep us occupied while I try and figure out what the heck this is, uh, why this oh, is yeah. doing this to me again? Oh, yeah. Welcome, everyone. Hey, it's really good to uh, see you. Have a lot of thoughts coming up, too. Um, there's just some uh, things happening in the world. You can see what's going on, especially in our country, and it's all yeah. one big distraction because uh, – what Alan's going to be talking about, what he has been talking about, and what we're being prepared for is beyond description. It's so important right now, and everybody's feeling this lull. It's the joy of Sukkot's there, but let me tell you what's about ready to hit. We are going to be prepared. It's not just that we need to be prepared. We are going to be prepared, and we're going to see the mighty ones of God start to rise up. So the scripture says in the end times, the sons of God will manifest. Man, that's Oof. crazy. Oof. So uh, we got some people out here that are as old as we are. They know who uh, they know. It's Lily, Lily Tomlin and Laughing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know where that was recorded in? You know, remember where Laughing was from? Beautiful yep. downtown Burbank. That's there right. it is. Burbank boy, right here. <laughs> oh man, I miss Burbank. Burbank was cool. 
Burbank used to be, it was all about it, man. Burbank, yeah. It was they had the best breakfast burrito, and they had oh the gosh. best burrito ever in the world. Oh, my gosh. Pippity-pow. Pippity-pow. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> Why would you do that to me, Lenny? Why would you bring see, up? See, I, I'm, my battle tactic is to navigate around the city through food. <laughs> the original foodie. Your battle tactic is to navigate the city in a food coma. You got that right. <laughs> we'll have to carry you off the field of battle, but you'll be you'll be fed. Well, well fed. Yeah, Burbank, California, man. What a place to grow up. Uh, you know, you grow up with celebrity kids, and you know, celebrity kids. You know, for, because of Toluca Lake and the Burbank Studios and everything's like literally right there. You can walk. It's just right there. It's insane. But um, I was actually I was actually going to say something in the intro, and I totally forgot, and then I froze. I, I don't even know what I was going to say. I can't remember. Huh. That's because we're unscripted. I should have written something down. Ah, see, yeah. someone's out there going, ah, see, see. Oh, my gosh. Hey, so we sent an invite out to Chris um, Rosentrader. We don't know if he'll see it. He's an hour. Well, he, if he's not prepared, he's probably sleeping. But So we don't know if Chris will show up or not. If he does, awesome. If not, we got this. What, what, what was the what was the joke? You come for Alan, but you stay for everybody else. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, well, Lenny, we've got a whole hour to do this. We got an, we got an hour and ten minutes. How are we gonna? What are we gonna fill up the time with? So we do have a question about the masculine. Is that was that? Is that the, am I saying it right? Yep, masculine. M A S K I L I M. So we will bring that up at some point today. Yeah. Uh, what else? Yeah, we were talking uh, off camera. We were talking a little bit about. Um, spiritual uh, versus carnal because yeah. you the, you have a, a word that that word spiritual you out of your book a lot of people ask me but what does it mean to be spiritual and if you uh, you know it's just it's a term we use but do people really know what that means but it, 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 when you look at it in the scripture it defines it in Romans. It says to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded is death. But there's an interesting little caveat that nobody ever reads in Romans 8, 7. It says, do you realize that those that are carnally minded, the law of God is not even subject to them? Do you know what that says about the law of God and how holy it is? When you take it to its logical end, those that go after their evil inclinations, that's flesh, that's the word for flesh in Hebrew, evil inclinations, and car carnality, which is the height of narcissism. It says the law of God can't even touch them. Doesn't it tell us that the law of God's holy? Doesn't it tell us that the law of God doesn't save? But what it is, it's part of the nature. It's the living Torah. It's his love letter. It's his covenant. And to be spiritual then if that's life and peace, that means that's what was given to Abraham when he obeyed. He believed in God. He believed in his words. He believed the Torah. He believed the word. I mean, just to break it down, that's what it means to be spiritual. You believe. You believe in everything he says. When I saw that, I got a little light turned on. I'm going, yeah, it might be simple, but it's more profound than we can imagine. But it also ties into prophecy. It also ties into how we're going to navigate because in, in those simple foundations, there's something really areas that people haven't even explored, Alan. Wow. So, so what, based on what you just said, so the, the, the Torah, then the word of God, the scriptures are so holy that 
whether you consciously know it or not, if you have made the choice in your heart, whether you know it or not, because I mean, we make choices in our heart that we might not subcon that we might con subconsciously not know we're doing. Because I guarantee you, I guarantee you, and I know this because I talk to these people all the time. All these Christians that are out there functioning on all cylinders on the flesh and no spirit, they don't know that they're deceived. Right, because when you're deceived, you don't know that you're deceived. They literally don't know that they're in danger. They literally don't know that they're in that they're walking in the flesh, that they're in sin. They think they're all they're okay. And so what we what you just quoted out of Romans is that the Torah, the law of God, right, can't get near them. Exactly. Because of that. So it's it reminds me of what it says in Proverbs, and that's because you're so foolish and so lazy, you do not heed the cry of wisdom when she cries out in the street. And so, because you won't heed wisdom, because you're too stupid and you're too lazy, that's what Proverbs says. I'm just, calamity will befall you. And when calamity does befall you, she will laugh. Wisdom will laugh at you and scoff at you because you were too stupid and lazy to pay attention and to heed wisdom, to, we to heed her which is, right, the fear of God is the beginning of all knowledge, beginning yeah. of wisdom, right? right? But if you're not if you're not listening to wisdom, if you're not submitting to wisdom, if you're not hearing or if you're not heeding her cry from the street, it's going to go bad for you. And, you're, and, what, and what we're suggesting here, or no, what the scripture suggests is, because Proverbs was written for us not to be lazy, not to be stupid. And so, right, the, 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 the beginning, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, and that wisdom is our keeping of God's commandments, his covenants, walking in his statutes and precepts. Well, if you're carnal-minded, none of that is going to be anywhere in your wheelhouse. It's not even going to be in your plane of vision. It's not even going to be in your, you know, wow. It says exactly, it says, it's, they cannot even comprehend the law of God. And the law of God will not touch them because it's not subject to them. Yeah. So then you know what? Because we believe it's subject to us, which gives us what? The wisdom to obey. And you know what? All that is kind of hard. But then what did he do? He gave us the spirit. Why is it so important then to speak in tongues? Sorry. Why is it so important to be filled with the spirit and all the gambit of stuff that he's given the believer? Oh my gosh! Yeah, Talk you know, about it's, being prepared. Yeah, I was talking to somebody off the other well last night. There's a photograph that was posted. Uh, a bunch of friends of mine got together over the weekend, musicians, and I was looking at this picture, and I was just like, totally. I was so incredibly grieved looking at this picture because none of them are. Uh, in right standing with the Lord. I mean, they're not serving the Lord or they're, they're, they're so extremely liberal that they've totally, they've thunk themselves out of this thing. But it was tragic because it's like, these are, these are people that I've known. Some of these people I've known for 35 years. And it's, just like, and it's like, they, but they don't know it. See, they're, if you talk to them, they're convinced that they're okay. They're convinced that where, wherever they're at, that they're okay. And and that's what that's what that's what freaks me out because we know that Messiah is going to look at some of us and say I don't know you because you're not doing the will of my Father, and the will you know you're Torahless. Yeah. 
And, you know, it's that 10 virgin thing again. Yeah. The 10 virgins thing again, you know, and it's just, it's terrifying because, you know, we do this, we don't do this for ourselves, man. This is the hardest job out there. You know, if I want accolades and if I want to be liked and if I want, you know, any of that good reviews or positive reviews, man, I'll, I'll skip this and I'll just stay, I'll just go back to music. You know what I mean? And so it's, it's like, so for example, we're going to, we're going to play the new rude awakening promo for this Friday's show. It already has people's people have already thumbs downed it. It's a promo. I'm not even saying anything. I'm basically saying Deuteronomy six. And they're like going, yeah, no good. Is it because, and you know, it's because of my earrings and, or because people just don't freaking like me. They just don't like me. That's fine. But what trips me out, here's what trips me out. We're talking about the deeper things of God. That has to be the reason, right? Or, 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 or again, they just don't like me. Again, it's not about me, and it doesn't bother me if you don't like me. I, that's why I prefaced what I, what I just said with, I'm not, I don't do this for accolades. I don't do this for likes or, or thumbs up or for people to like me. <laughs> I don't have time for that. You know, hey, if we become friends, awesome. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to make friends. We, we are an equipping ministry. We're here to help you navigate. Like you said, use the word navigate. We're here, we're here, to, we're, we're here to help you navigate what's happening and what's coming. Because it's spiritual, and the majority of you don't know that because you're not spiritually minded, like we're talking about, and 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 we, and, and and those of you that are on this trek with us, because you are spiritually minded, man, we all need to work together, right? There's 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 a hierarchy. There's a reason why there's an upline, right? Um, that's why you know. Jesus, God set it up that way for us, for there to be an upline. That's why he made some apostles and prophets and teachers. And he made some, not everybody, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors. Why? For the equipping of the saints for, unto maturity. So you're not tossed to and fro. That's why we're here. So it freaks me out when we're, when we're sharing the, the truth of Scripture and the New Testament, and people are like, eh. <laughs> it's just like, well, you're not doing – since it's not a record, it's not subjective, it's not art, you're not thumbs downing me, because see, if I put out a record and you don't like my record, then you're thumbs downing me, right? But not, that's that's just part of the territory. But you're thumbs downing the stuff that we're talking about regarding the Bible. Maybe you don't like our interpretation. It's not our interpretation. Jesus wept. I'm not interpreting that to say anything other than the guy was crying. Do you see what I'm saying? So anyway, I just, it's, I just find it amazing because when you're – not walking in the spirit and you're walking in the flesh. Um, for example, that whole, uh, there's that, I posted that thing last week about that pastor that wrote that little, that wrote some, he, he took these script, these passages totally out of context to support all the mandates that are being thrown around um, regarding certain things that we don't talk about because we don't want YouTube because we're being censored in the U.S. of uh, the United States of America these days online. So there, there, and, and then there's people out there pushing Romans 13. You should be, uh, you should be submitting to the mandates based on Romans 13. And we're like, wow. Not what it says. Gee, aren't you a, yeah. Then you just, all you can do is go, wow. Aren't you a special kind of stupid? It, it just breaks my heart to know that there are people out there Fully against, fully standing against and opposing 
what we're saying. Here's what we're saying. The scriptures are absolute. They're not applicable based on culture or era or aeon. If if scripture was was um, if if the scriptures weren't applicable to humans because of your culture or because of the year you live in or the decade or the century you live in, then it's not true. You know, look at David and Jeremiah, for example. They both teach, they both write about going back to the ancient, pa- the ancient past, the ancient ways. They're talking about going back to what God gave to Moses, the Torah, our forefathers. They, and they both use the word ancient. It was ancient for them because it was, you know, a few years. They encourage us to go back to the beginning and understand and walk in the way that God established for a man. And this was hundreds of years later for them as well. The scriptures, you can't, you know, there's, it's a real, I mean, it's, it's, it's not like a new thing. This has been going on since the very beginning, but there's a lot of people out there in the church, in the church. That's why we, 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 we talked about he's not coming back for the church. He's coming back for the bride. A lot of people, there's a lot of people in the church that are convinced that the scriptures are obsolete, old-fashioned, and they don't, um, they don't apply to us today because we're so smart and so modern. We figured out some things God didn't know about. Uh, my favorite is my favorite is this one. Oh well, one of the reasons why God told Israel not to eat pork was because it spoils easily and they didn't have ice. A spanking's coming, Alan. Just from a okay, maybe some old time pastoral wisdom, the kind when. They know you're going to say something, but you don't hit them head on. But when it comes, it comes like a ton of bricks. I think the Spirit of the Lord will say to those people that mock at Deuteronomy 6, you know what? You're just lazy. Oh, can you imagine being told that word by the Spirit of God? And the other thing that came to mind, it says, they thought they were wise, but they became fools. Yeah. And that, and, and, and you know what? That is terrifying with what the scripture says is happening on this planet and what's going to be happening. Not that we're to be afraid, but they, they're going to fear. Those people will live in fear because they don't know what's coming. They don't know who they are. Uh-oh, there's identity. And they don't know where we're going. And um, you talk about why the prophetic's important. It comes from that root word. One of the words is to navigate. That's what a prophet does. He helps people navigate. That's what prophecy does. That's why Jesus is the testimony of prophecy. He, following him, teaches us how to navigate life. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's like, it's literally the equivalent, and I think I wrote it down in, in something. It's the equivalent of being a uh a hamburger connoisseur, but yep. you don't eat meat. You know, yep. we're, we're, we're coming at Jesus and we're approaching Jesus and we're approaching faith and Christianity, but we don't like him. We don't like the guy. We don't like what he represents. We don't like, 
his foundation, his roots. We don't like what his dad said. We're convinced he came and changed everything. We're convinced that because of him, none of this applies. You know, it's, it's just, it's insanity. It's absolute insanity. And so, you know, I, I don't, but what really blows my mind is they they think they know, they've heard of the word remnant. They've heard that uh, it's a narrow path, and they know that it's uh, that many are called and few are chosen. They know all these buzzwords, but they're just philosophical buzzwords. They're just you know niceties on a plaque or a doily or something at a Christian bookstore. They're Christianese. not actual. What's that? Christianese. Yeah, it's they're not. It's not actual words to live by because I guarantee you. The Christian left believes they're the remnant. I guarantee you the Christian left believes they're the chosen. I guarantee you. Their arrogance tells us that. <laughs> you know, but they don't subscribe to like 90% of the text. They, they, they're, they're, they're social justice warriors. And, uh, you know, I mean, well, so are we. Heck, we've been, we've been working with the, the disenfranchised and the homeless and the hungry and the prostitutes and the drug addicts and the dis, we've been dealing, we've been working with those people since I was a teenager. Our children work with those people because we raised them up to do that. We, we feed kids here now. You know, isn't that insane? The Christian left actually believes that conservatives aren't capable of humanitarian aid or anything like that. And that's like the weirdest thing. But anyway, they picture my point us being, with a, they think, horse whips. Sorry. They, they, they think, uh, they see, they don't, they don't believe that they're, uh, the majority, you know, that, that they're, they're called, but not chosen. They don't believe that they're the, the majority. And, and, and I mean, Everyone that's lining up for the hokey pokey is is convinced they're. I don't know. We we, we should probably stop because I will eventually say something, and I don't want. I wanna, know. I know. You know. I was thinking of some things right now. Just, it's just when you're deceived, you don't know that you're deceived. How do you? T- how can you tell that you're deceived? Well, are you keeping the commandments? Let's start there. Are you keeping the ten commandments? The majority of them are keeping nine. They're not keeping all ten. They're not keeping the fourth commandment. Are you keeping God's Sabbath or the Catholic, or the Catholic Sabbath? I'm not a Catholic, so I don't keep the Catholic Sabbath. All right. And then you want you want a litmus test? Let's start with this one. Do you do you have a sukkah in your backyard or in your front yard or in your house right now? Let's start there. We talked about this. We talked. We we, we brought this up a few weeks ago. Do you have a sukkah? What's a sukkah? That's my point. Are you in the are you in the middle of observing the Feast of Tabernacles right now? You want you want to you want to talk you want to talk tough? That's the pedal to the metal right there, baby. Are you keeping God's covenants? Oh, that doesn't apply to me. I'm a Gentile, not a Jew. Thanks for playing, Hans. Sukkah isn't just for Jews anymore. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> All right? You don't understand who Jesus is or his mission or what he came to do here on earth if you believe that, if you don't understand those things. You know, we're not being jerks. We're, uh, you know, if you're new and, you're, and you think, well, this Allen guy, he's an arrogant SOB. No, I'm not being an arrogant SOB. Your house is on fire. I'm, I'm trying to wake you up to, to a reality. Um, 
you know, if you want, if you want it sugar-coated, there's a bunch of other people on YouTube you can be watching. This isn't a sugar-coated show here. This is a real-life show. <laughs> this is life and death. There are people in my life that I love that believe they're, they're Christians that are dying on the vine. That doesn't settle well with me. And so there's a, this isn't arrogance. This is urgency. Because things are happening. Things have happened and things are happening that are doing what Lenny, Lenny shared a word with me back in the 80s. God's drawing a line. That line's been drawn, man. We're way past drawing. It's been drawn. And it's getting, you know. How many times are prophets sent to go measure the temple? How many times are they sent with a plumb line? More than once. And we're entering into some of those, those, those plumb line visions, prophecies, out of Haggai, you know, beginning with, with the, the word from Haggai 2. We're going to have to take a really serious look at the seven lampstands. Well, is, that, is that Jeremiah? Is that... Um, it's right? Zechariah. Zechariah. And we've got, there's, I mean, there's more than one prophet that talks about this yeah. guy, uh, the, the high priest Joshua. They were all around the same time period, right? Yeah, then same time there. period. Now, Zechariah, who are we talking about? We're talking about Jeremiah, uh, Ezekiel. Yep. Yeah. And you know what? It, they're, they're a now thing. That wasn't ancient. That's now. It was ancient, but it's now. It's the Perfect. now and the not yet. When, uh, um, when Wimber did Signs Wonders uh, at Fuller, he said he coined a phrase that um, who's the brother he passed away? He was there with Chuck Pierce for a long time. The older Chuck's guy back. from Fuller. Oh, um, oh, oh, uh, uh, Pete Wagner, Peter Wagner. Pete Wagner and John, they did the original uh, MC510 at Fuller, right? Signs Wonders. And they coined that phrase, the now and the not yet. Do you know how important that is? You, it's like with the prophetic. They, pe people are going, well, you know what the prophecy says? That's for the future. Yeah, that's true. And you better look at the scriptures because there's certain things you can change. But what does prophecy also tell you? It's now. So you have to act now. That yeah. means if he's saying that you have the ability to pray and to change things and believe things for it, and you uh, uh, um, skip on that one, you're just as guilty. He goes, you're trying to figure out where it fits. He goes, you're supposed to be obedient to me now. So if you can change the course of evil, you better do it. Wow. And then there's still the reality is that there's certain things that we're not going to change. You better yeah. be prepared because it's coming down the pike and it ain't going to change. Yeah. And you know what? That's that tension that everybody wants to have mastery over, but you can't. The only thing that will guide you is prophetic and the fear of the Lord figure that yeah. one out but what does it say in hebrews 11 uh faith is now now faith is so the, that means it's a present it's 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 a present imperative that you believe just like you know oh boy i don't want to go there with the elections but I you know that. I faith is now and yet it's the future yeah. Figure that, and, and you know what? Don't try to put a handle on it. You can't. You got to walk in the fear of God.
And, and, and see, that's the thing, man. There's, there's a common thread. There, there's, there's, there's a lot of commonalities with, with some of the people, you know, what the people we're talking about. It's like, again, we're not here to bash Christians. We're not here to bash the Torah community. We're not here to bash flat earthers. We're not, that's not, that's not what we do here. Um, it might sound to the, un, to the untrained ear. It sounds like we're bashing people, but we're not bashing people. So, for example, um, there's 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 commonalities with the Christian left. There's commonalities with people of faith that are walking in fear. There's commonalities with people of faith that don't believe. Right? What are the, what are these commonalities? Uh, they 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 don't believe in charismatica. They don't speak in tongues. They don't heal right. the sick. They can't even heal their own kids when they're sick. Uh, they don't. Uh, they can't cast out demons. They can't clean. You know, heal people from unclean spirits. They can't prophesy. They 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 don't have spiritual discernment. They're not. They don't hear the voice of God. Um, you know, these, there's these common things they all share. And a lot of them, you know, eat pork and they uh, see there's it's, it's two camps. There's those of us that are, um, are in the Torah community that that eat clean, that eat biblically and follow the feast, but are lacking the charismatic piece. All right. Jesus was a Torah observant charismatic. Paul was a Torah observant charismatic. Jude, Peter, John, Matthew, Mark. They were all. Luke, because he was, even though he's a Gentile, they were Torah observant charismatics. It's not one or the other. Um, and one of the and one of the main attributes to the people that we're talking about. These are people I know their names, I know their faces, I know their families, I know their children, their wives. I know these people. I've, I have so many friends that fall into this category, and it just breaks my heart. And. So, um, why why would see? I, I've I've said this for years. There's nothing cool about Christianity. I'm not quite sure why people would identify with it or hang around it and choose not to do it. It's there's nothing cool about it. It's, it's the stupidest thing I can think of. It's there's nothing cool about it. Why would you hang around Christians or Christianity or church? And have and when when you when you have literally no intention of doing it or cooperating with the uh, the rules of engagement, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, you know, again, when you're deceived, you don't know that you're deceived. A lot of people don't literally know that they're not taking care of their business. A lot of people literally don't know that they're not doing this, which is weird to me. I I I, I don't understand that, but. It's a lot of people. It's like the majority. It's not like a small, scattered few. No, it's a lot of people that are in faith that don't know that they're not actually walking in the faith. They're 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 right. Ten virgins, five of them run out of oil and they don't have any backup, and they have to go and get you know more oil, and they miss Messiah. That's that's fifty percent. You know, you know the, origi- the original woke people were the theologians that dumbed down the word faith, uh, that dumbed down the word Christianity, that dumbed down the word church. Those are all wor- woke terminologies that yeah. had some meaning. Remember, in, right. in all that language, there's some meaning, but the power isn't there. Isn't there a scripture for something like that where it says that <laughs> – 
thinking they're spiritual, they deny the power of God. Yeah, the form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. That's it. Timothy. Isn't, isn't, um, that what that, isn't that what that is in a nutshell? There's the original woke people. Yeah, so and it's, it's not about being woke. It's about being awakened. There you go. There you go. It's They just cheapened. They cheapened his truth. That's deception. Okay, so let's 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 switch from bagging on them because I mean, it's, yes, it. I hear my own voice and it's like, ugh, you know. All right, how do we how do we apply these things? Let's let's spend. We just spent 20, 30 minutes on that. Let's spend the next forty minutes on teaching how them. on how. Okay, so how do we avoid being these people? How do we avoid right? Jesus called them your your your. Uh, well, he basically said you're stupid and dumb. You're not very bright. You know, you're hard at heart. You're, you're, you don't have a heart of flesh. You have a heart of stone. Um, you're ignorant. You're you're dull-minded. These are the words he uses. And I, I we talk about that in this thing is spiritual because, well, because we're talking about spirituality. Um, those are the type of words that Jesus used. The, 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 the parable of the mina and the talents, the guy that hid it or buried it. He wasn't very bright. He wasn't entrepreneurial. Uh, and he lived in fear. He goes, I was afraid of you. Why are you afraid of Messiah? What is it about? See, that's the thing. We don't know who Jesus is. Jesus, Jesus is a hard, shrewd man. You reap where you don't sow. You gather where you don't lay seed. That's an attribute given to Israel when they entered the promised land, by the way. Jesus is using it to talk about himself. You're a shrewd man. You reap what you don't sow. You gather where you don't lay seed. You make money while you're sleeping, dude. And you're shrewd. And I'm afraid of you. Why, why are you afraid of Messiah? Well, because you're not very smart. You're not entrepreneurial. And you don't, you know, you're, you don't got the stuff. You're not following Proverbs. Because if you pro- followed Proverbs and you don't have the stuff, Proverbs teaches you how to get the stuff. If you're lazy, if you're stupid, and you're not entrepreneurial, there's no room in the kingdom for you. That's what the Bible says. I didn't make that up. Read the Bible properly. That's what you'll get out of it. So how do we teach people not to be dumb, not to be lazy, and to be entrepreneurial? Teaching them to observe and do everything I've commanded. Man, those are the red letters. You know what's better than the internet? You know what's better than these live streams? You know what's better than these books that I that I that the God gives me to write? Jesus laid hands on his disciples on his disciples and opened up their minds there to the go. law and the prophets. Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would open up the minds of the people watching and listening live and later on, Father. Holy Spirit, open the minds of your Amen. people to your word. And open the minds of your people to yourself, Holy Spirit. That's better than anything we can do. So, uh, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And then once you have wisdom, you'll understand that you'll, you need to keep God's commandments. So, we're literally talking about people that aren't wise enough to submit with my walk a little, a little day by me. Yeah, that's true. Charles just said, my walk, here, we'll put it up there. My walk was little by little to change by being obedient of changing my belief system. Yeah. And, and I mean, it can happen, boom, like that, but then, and then you walk it out, or it could be a process of walking it out. Either way, as long as you're being proactive, see, that's where grace and mercy. Now you want to talk about, oh, you're not, you're not, you're not. What about grace? What about mercy? That's grace and mercy. God's grace and mercy is giving you the ability to hear this word today 
and live another 30 years or whatever. And you're, you know what I'm saying? You can walk this out. It's, it's, to, it's designed to be walked out. You walk it out. That's why the feasts are so important because it gives us a yearly cyclical communion with proactively uh, observing and keeping God's word and doing what he says to do. If he says, make a sukkah, you make a stinking sukkah. If he says, eat leavened bread because the covenant is made in the eating of matzah, you eat unleavened bread. If he says, count the omer, you count the stinking omer. It's just it's called obedience, right? We gotta obey. It's all about obedience. That's what that's what Adam and Eve they failed to obey in the garden. And here we are. So we want to be obedient. So being proactive, being obedient, that's God's grace and mercy, giving us the opportunity to do these things. So don't be dumb, don't be lazy, and be entrepreneurial. Why? Because it's about stewardship. I've given you something to steward. When I come back, I'd like to see a, a double. A re, oh, I'd like to see a re, an ROI, the re, a return on my investment. That's what Messiah says in those two parables. We're supposed to be preparing a people for for his return. We're supposed to be preparing cities, nations. Yes, you can't do that if you're lazy and not very bright and lacking on an entrepreneurial spirit. But you know what? In preparing them, it gives us those two fundamental things, and it goes back to Deuteronomy 6, restoring the hearts of the fathers to the children. There it is right there. And the other one, bringing the disobedient to the wisdom of righteousness. Okay, so let's go there. There you go. There's the instruction. How do we, how do we equip these people to be entrepreneurial? And that doesn't just mean business and money, but it does. It also means evangelism and stewardship. Right. Being a great steward of what God has given you. Right. Right? Okay. Uh, because re- you have to remember, if you obey God, he'll bless you and your vats and your storehouses will be full and overflowing. That ain't going to happen if you're sitting around eating bonbons, watching The View or watching Oprah or playing video games in, your, in the basement. Eh, it doesn't work that way. So you got to be smart. You, gotta, you can't be lazy. You got to get off your duff, and you've got to be entrepreneurial when it comes to stewardship. Well, back to the obedience of the wise, right? So let's, let's talk about that. Let's break that down. Okay. Obedience and the hearts of the father to the children. I'm, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass the mic to you, you know, Pastor the, Lenny Parada. Well, just think about the simplicity of the words, the heart of the father. His, his heart is love, and he wanted to teach his children all about his love. And if you're going to start right there to teach them how to navigate these waters, that first thing he's right from creation, he wanted to show how not only was he able to provide, he was faithful, he had a plan, and it was always redemptive. It was to destroy evil that would try to take us out. And believe me, Evil was there from the very beginning. That's a whole different subject. But restoring the hearts of the fathers, he says it very clearly. He goes, when you sit down, you teach them. When you sit down, you talk about the things of God. And your children will be blessed. Do you know how hard it is? I mean, just to teach people how to teach their children, this is where, and I don't want to bash, but the church has usurped the authority of mom and dad because we've let them do that. 
And this is why in these last days, the part of what the prophecy on John the Baptist was, Elijah coming again, was there would be a herald for the fathers to return to their children and to teach them. And it's teaching them the simple things. Pick up the bird that falls out of the nest. Make your sukkah. All the way down the line. And people say, well, I'll follow Galatians. Uh, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, meekness, temperance. All those are as words unless they're put in the context of what Jesus said to obey. People forget that. They take everything out and saying, this is me doing it. But that's carnal. It is all in the context of loving God. So it's the Father that teaches the children. And the very last book of what we understand is the Old Testament. It quotes that right before you go into it. And to bring the disobedient to the wisdom of righteous, it's to show them what evil and good is. To be carnally minded, remember the law has no subject on them, is to tell them what right and wrong is and to realize that the law is holy and pure. That's another big thing in these last days where there's a conflict. You say the word law, it's been perverted. It's been perverted by wrong heretical teaching. That's just the bottom line. And um, this is, I believe, what the masculine of what Daniel was talking about would unlock the mysteries at the end of the age, those that would bring the disobedient back to what righteousness is, and that's about belief and restoring Torah. So how do we equip people into being wise, fearing God, not lazy, and, pro and proactive? Let's use the word proactive instead of entrepreneurial, because I think entre, uh, saying the word entrepreneurial scares people because you know it has to do with money and business, and money and business scares people of faith most of the time. You don't necessarily hear the the, the parable of the shrewd manager being taught at churches because they can't teach that because they don't anyway. So we'll say proactive. So how do we equip people to be smart, proactive, and walking in the fear of God, like you said? We, by teaching them the difference between clean and unclean, holy and profane, right and wrong, truth, lie. That's what you said right before, right before that guy over there cut you off. And then the message. So it's teaching you scriptures. Uh, how hard is it to get people to just to read their Bible? It's painful. Oh my gosh. Now that's why in the in the Feast Unlocked book, again, I'm not I'm not saying this to plug books. I'm saying this because there's a, these are references. These are these are resources. In the Feast Unlocked, I explain how difficult it is for American Christian men, right, to function as the priests in their own home and lead their family in communion. Uh, so in the chapter on Shabbat, we discuss that uh, American. I'll just use American because we're in, we live in the United States of America. I know there's people watching from all over the world in the states. Let's just narrow it down to the United States of America. Christian men are not functioning as sheep as a, as priests in their home or sheep and uh, leading their family in communion. It's difficult for them. And that's the strangest thing, right? I mean, they don't. <sighs> 
It's like it's again. They're 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 they 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 they're. It's living their best life online. Yeah, I'm a hamburger connoisseur, and I and I review hamburgers. But the individual in real life doesn't like meat. Doesn't even eat meat. You know, it's the same way. We can't we can't be disenfranchised from the things that moves God's heart and say that we're Christians. Wow, the same things that move His heart must move ours in order for us to be effective effective what ministers of the gospel why we're not this isn't just be, this isn't just for your salvation and to keep you from hell if that's what you got this in, into this for man you're, you're screwed already this isn't about not going to hell this is about you doing what's right obeying the sovereignty of god and then sharing that with your fellow man you can't make disciples of nations if you're not telling other people about Jesus. That doesn't mean you preach Torah or flat earth to them. No, you teach, you preach Messiah, their need for Messiah. That's what you preach to them. That's what you, 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 you love people into a right relationship with Jesus. See, we've anyway. taught people how to be, find their safest and their most happy place in this life. <laughs> the secret. That's what they want. How can I have my happiness here and yet love God? And then it doesn't work like that. We haven't taught them that he's God and we're not. <laughs> and uh, what our hope should be is to be like him and his father, because Jesus said something. He goes, if you're mine, you'll look like me. And guess what? You'll look like my father. If <laughs> Read John 14, 15, 16, and 17. There is the, uh, uh, um, those were his words. That's his testimony in a lot of different ways. You want to know what his testimony is? It's wrapped up in those four chapters, and it ends with this. He goes, I and him and him and me, and guess what? You're supposed to be in us. I'm just paraphrasing, mm -hmm. and that's identity, and that's what we need to teach him right now. Do you belong to him? Because he's going to ask you, are you mine? Or do I know you? That, those are some of the scariest words there, there are. Do you know me? And yeah. you talk about what we're going to teach him. He says, well, you really want to be holy? Everyone that has this hope of my return is made holy. And that's why we're preparing for his coming. Do they have that cry to say, no matter what, I want to see you. I want you are my ultimate end. You're, you're, where, you're where I want to be. And that's not what American men want. No, no. We just we, we want to be able to uh, find our happiness here. And I'm all for people being happy. But that's yeah, so what the goal is. So is God. But yeah. And you know what? They can't even praise them even when they are happy because the moment they're happy, they're going, ah, oh, I feel so good. And they don't know what it means to praise and worship him for the thing. They don't know what gratefulness is or thanksgiving. Those simple words are words that move the heart of God. I mean, those are a lot of the simplicity things that we have forgotten. We really have. Let's look, let's look at this. This is um, this is like a real thing out there. Kelly Jean is saying, 
How can a wife encourage her hubby to pursue such things? This is a real thing out there. There's a lot of people out there who, who wonder. I mean, it's it's a lot of it is. There's I think there's more women in faith than there are men based on the type of correspondence we get, the kind of questions we get, and our numbers. More women buy the books. More women are here watching. You know, it it just it just seems a little right. It's but the American know, church too. That's the right. American church. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is very prevalent in the American church. Um, and, but I mean, there are also men out there whose wives aren't involved in either faith or right. One, one goes to tour and the other one doesn't. Um, yeah. That's, that's a scary thing. I'm going to assume Kelly Jean that, so all right, Kelly, I'm going to ask you a direct question. Are we talking about to pursue, to pursue such things? What things are we talking about? Faith, Jesus, or Torah observance? Because those are two different things. Um, if he was really much about pressing the fees, oh, I'm discouraged by those around him. Yeah, yeah. I would, I'm, I'm discouraged by those around me lot, all the time, too. <laughs> okay, so we're talking the feast then. We're, not, we're talking about Torah. We're not talking about Jesus. Okay, well... That's more difficult. Um, the Jesus thing, I think, is easier, even though people would say that's not true. Because the Jesus thing is why, here's why I think the Jesus thing is easier. Because all you have to do is have grace and mercy and love for your spouse who's not a believer and serve them and, right, and you love them into a right relationship with Jesus. And A lot of people don't know what God's will is. Well, if you're married to an unbelieving spouse, there's 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 God's will for your life right there is to serve and and show them Jesus in everything that you do and everything that you say. Don't you don't preach to them, you don't wave your Christian freak flag. No, you just serve them. And and then and then you sanctify them. That's what it says. So, I think that's easier than going, "Hey, you know, Especially if your husband likes bacon in the morning and you're not cooking bacon for him. <laughs> that's that's a little bit more, right? Because now the other thing is more in the spiritual realm. This is in the spiritual realm too, but there's a lot of physical, there's a big layer of physical realm to get through. How do you, how does a woman lead a husband to the understanding of these things? Does she go out there and build the sukkah by herself? Is she out there in the sukkah by herself? Is she out there eating unleavened bread by herself? You know, so at the dinner table, she's got matzah on her plate, but he doesn't. I mean, that's that's more difficult, isn't it? Okay, so he doesn't eat pork. That's a, that's that's, <laughs> that's a. You're more than halfway there. <laughs> Your husband sounds like he needs someone to uh, show him his identity in Jesus. Sounds like your husband needs some real men around him. That's right. Exactly. We're lacking a lot of real men these days. Where's the fathers? With or without the bacon, we're lacking a lot of real men out there today. See, the Jesus movement, we found Jesus, but the next thing that was going to happen, I remember Bob Jones, the prophet, said, he goes, right at the end days, God's going to raise up the fathers. And I think it was a specific word for what the body of Messiah was going to need. But along with those fathers, what is the father's going to do? He's going to return the hearts to the children. He's going to point him back to Torah. He's going to teach him his ways. 
He's going to unlock the scriptures. He's not going to be afraid of the fear of the Lord. And how many people are teaching him what it means to be to fear the Lord? We're talking about how are we going to navigate? How are we going to disciple them? There's some very practical things that we need to teach them wisdom. And wisdom starts there. Uh, wisdom is his law, it says. Yeah. The law is wrapped up in that. And uh, so we have to start teaching truth again. That's it. And you know what? Not everybody's going to buy into it. That is, you know, we want everyone to buy into it, but they're not going to. Kelly, can you keep the feast without, without you know, what's remember when you're a kid, you know, when you put a pillow over your your sibling's face, <laughs> right? Can you do the feast without smothering them with a Torah freak flag, like you like you would a sibling with a pillow? If you, I think that's. Yeah, yeah, well, okay, so here's what you do. Pray and fast for him while he's, I mean, praying over someone while they're sleeping, praying for a loved one in your home while they're sleeping is pretty impactful. It's pretty, it's, it, it works. Pray for him while he's sleeping. That he that this that 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 the disconnect from his heart and his mind, that that, that gap would be removed. And that, he would have a revelation of the person of Messiah. Because, see, that's what people need. They just need a revelation of the person of Jesus most of the time. Pray that, so, so pray and fast for your husband and pray that he would have a revelation of the person of Jesus Christ, a revelation of Messiah in his life. And if you can keep the feast without choking him out with your Torah freak flag, I say that because a lot of people have a need to wave a Torah freak flag. I'm not saying you do. I'm just saying a lot of people do. And I love the fact that you're LOLing. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, and so, you know, if you can do the, it's like, you know, I don't know, I don't know. If, make it fun for him. Like, you know, like for example, during during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, have your matzah on his plate. Uh, have your matzah on your plate. And you can always, you know, just, you know, minding your own business, you're eating your dinner, you know, grab your matzah and make sure he hears you breaking it and then just kind of give him that look. You know, you know what I'm saying? Make it playful. It doesn't have to be a weird thing. You know, we, uh, we, we had a prophetic worship band a few years ago called Ministries Walking and we had a couple songs. It was a prophetic worship band and we had a couple songs that were Bossa Nova style and we would kick into those songs and I would call out married couples come up to the front with your with your with your spouse and dance with your spouse before the lord and they didn't know what to think about that they had never done it before they had never danced with their wife or their husband before the lord and we're playing this really sexy beautiful worship music we brought the sexy back to worship we literally did and it would it made them very uncomfortable and we would have to coax them and coax them. And they would finally, you know, people would come up. They would, they would finally go, oh, it's okay for me to dance with my wife or with my husband before the Lord. Man, God made intimacy. He made sex. He made those, he made those feelings for us. 
we don't need to be afraid or ashamed of them. So that's, and I bring that up only because I mentioned the, the sexy cracking of the matzah. You know what I'm saying? Man, because I know you love your husband, right? And you just want him to, to be in right standing with the Father. You want him to be all that he is in Messiah now. So I understand that. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Cool. Thanks, smiley one, for uh, interacting as well. Hello, I'm saying hello to you today. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, you know this this God thing isn't weird, and we we make it weird. We don't have to make it weird. It's a normal thing. It's you know, don't make it weird. It was supposed to be fun. Yeah. It's supposed to fill our hearts with joy. <laughs> you know, we had a big breakthrough this year. We were asking God, how do we how do we touch our grandkids when oh, they have man. no concepts? You know, for about an hour and a half they were outside waving their flags in the oh, sukkah. And we told, and all I had to do, I looked into their eyes and said, I know, you, you know, God's here when you're doing that. And he loves you right now. And they wouldn't stop. Man, that's, I how can't, I, that's how I step back and not say another word. And yeah. I just let them go for it. That spoke more. And he says, I'm, I'm doing this in their life. Trust me. I started crying. Yeah. I, I, I can't even fathom. The... <sighs> The thought of my grandchildren not understanding the things of God, that, that, that just freaks me out and terrifies me. So, um, I, yeah, I, so I, my heart goes out to you and Linda because of that, but, and to Alex, but man, that just freak, that would freak me out. I can act, we can literally, yeah, that's, man, that'd be a tough They're one. so young. I mean, he's five years old. Yeah. They don't have those nice. concepts, but he knew this. He heard his grandpa say, He's here and he loves you. You know what that and that night they slept over and Linda read them the whole story of Moses and they listened. I'm going, okay, we're doing what we're supposed to do. Yeah. That's doing being obedient. Yeah. And it is not gonna come back void. That's the stuff I hold on to. Yeah. You just you just you just dig those deep wells, man. Dig those deep wells. See, that's the thing. And so I, I mentioned about, I mentioned that yesterday on uh, incorruptible two minute warning. If you don't know, we, I do a thing called two minute warning. I try to do it every day, every weekday, but sometimes I can't. But anyway, in light of what we were talking about Friday night and what we talked about last night in the uh, Exodus to ingathering devotional, the last 10 minutes of last Friday night's Shabbat night live contextually was about Fear. What do we do about the fear that that is is inside people of faith right now in these times? Yes, we were talking about a couple subject matters that somebody commented about that we can't just we're just not free to talk about anymore in the U.S. and well anywhere because we would be censored on Facebook and YouTube. So we we just can't flat out say we we are being censored. We live in censor, censorship now. If you don't know that, I don't know what rock you've been under, but it's not the rock of Messiah because you're ignorant to the realities that we are living in a censored uh, 
in censored times. There's a narrative, uh, there's an agenda, and if you speak against it or if you contradict the 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 going the state approved narrative, they will shut you down. So. Two-minute warning. Where is that? Uh, it's a Facebook page called Incorruptible Official. Uh, I don't think anybody's here to leave links on. I can leave a link. Let me just find it real quick while I tell you what I'm saying. So I mentioned it on uh, Incorruptible Two-Minute Warning yesterday. That So what we were talking about the last 10 minutes of um, last week's Rude Awakening got a little heavy because we talked about the uh, the – Contextually, here's the link to it right there. Contextually, it was about we were talking about the the diff, what was the spirit inside Caleb and Joshua versus right. That's the twenty percent. See, eighty percent of twelve is nine point six. You'll hear us talk a lot about eighty percent versus twenty percent. And by the way, I didn't mean to spew so much Walnowisms on last Friday. <laughs> Gosh, talk about plagiarism. Uh, there was a lot of Walnowisms, but anyway. Um. 80%. Oh, Alyssa, hi. Uh, that's probably because you probably need admin um, uh, approval or rights or something like that. So, yeah, we'll we'll set you up for that. Um, 80%. We, we, you'll hear us talk about 80 to 20%. Uh, basically, 80% of people will not – 80% of people of faith will not li- – will literally not walk in their – prophetic inheritance they will not walk out the life they were called to walk out of to walk out here on earth because of a religious spirit so we're always looking for those 20 percenters that actually track with us that get what we are talking about that are interested in what we're talking about uh you guys would be considered the 20 percenter but anyway 80 percent of the of the spies 9.6 spies we're talking about the difference between caleb and joshua and the other 80 percent how does that apply the spirit of Caleb and Joshua, that prophetic spirit of seeing the practical? Oh, the Nephilim are 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 are, are the giants in the land. They 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 have uh, they they possess our they, they they're occupying our prophetic inheritance, demonic strongholds, and we need to dispossess them. Right, the 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 whole. Thing God's trying to teach Israel from a sheep people, from a shepherding people to a warring people so that they can go and dispossess the inhabitants of the land of Canaan, the Canaanites, because the majority of them are not, not entirely human. Uh, the Nephilim are there. Well, that scared them. That freaked them out. And they thought, oh, my gosh, the coolest motorcycle just drove by. One of those old, old, old Oh my gosh, I gotta go. I should run out there and stop the guy. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Shiny thing, shiny thing. <laughs> oh my, this is live. Anyway, how do we deal with the physical realm in the spirit with a spiritual mindset? How do we how do we not revert to our carnal mind, to our flesh, to our practical reasoning, to walking in the flesh. How do we walk in the spirit when we have these giants in our territory? How do we not succumb to the flesh? So the question was, how do we do that here and now with what is going on out there? Because a lot of people of faith are reverting or and resorting to fear right now. And so 
in yesterday's incorruptible warning, incorruptible two minute warning, I mentioned God's sovereignty. God is sovereign. He's the king of the universe. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Malech Haolam. Blessed are you, Adonai Elohim, king of the universe. He's the king of the universe, which means he's the ruling authority of our reality. He's our sovereign. And because he's our sovereign, what, what, what our sovereign has, what the other gods don't have, is his eyes actually see and his ears actually hear, and he's for me, not against me. And all he desires is for me to walk in obedience to his word and to obey his word because I'm his treasured possession. A, a royal priesthood, a kingly priest, to expand territory and to bring heaven down over that territory. And he's sovereign. And because of his sovereignty, I don't have to fear what is happening around me. If, if I can't pay my bills, I don't have to fear. I just need to figure out why my storehouses aren't full and then go figure that out and then go do it. And that's usually because we're not in obedience and there's sin and we're, we're in disobedience. Obedience brings blessing. Disobedience brings non-blessing. Uh, if, you know, what if I don't cooperate with the uh, narrative out there and um, I lose my job? Well, we don't have to fear that because my job is in my provision. God is, he's my provision. And he says that he will bless me if I'm obedient. So we have to be faithful, right? By giving, giving our first fruit offerings to the people that feed us, to the ministries that feed us. Um, giving our, we don't do tithes. We explain all that in here. We don't do tithing because we're not Levites and we're not giving to the Levite. The, the, the tithe is, specific, is exclusively, exclusively for the Levite. So we give offerings, we give gifts, we give first fruits offerings every month and every year. Um, so we don't have to fear not um, cooperating with the narrative out there. If I don't cooperate with the narrative out there, I might lose my job. Well, no, you, you obey God. And you and you be faith, you're, and you have to be faithful to the things that God says to be faithful in, so that He can bless you. So we don't have to fear uh, whether we have money or not. We don't have to fear that. This, he, it actually, Jesus actually said, "Don't be like the pagans. They worry about food. They worry about money. They worry about how they're going to close themselves." No, seek first the kingdom of heaven. Seek first the kingdom. That's what we teach around here. That's what we're trying to equip you. We're trying to equip you with resources like this. We're trying to equip you with resources like this and the calendar on how to walk in God's will, how to walk kingdom psychologically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, as a man, as a woman, as a son, as a daughter, as a grandparent. We don't have to fear what's coming because what's coming is ancient. Whether it's the beast system, the antichrist, the false prophet, we serve. We live in a world where the god of that world is a liar and a murderer. So we're surrounded by murderous falsehoods, and when you realize that, you'll you'll understand that. 
they're not for you, they're against you. The systems are not your friend. They're not telling you the truth. And they've never been they've never told you the truth. Unless, you know. When the spirit of prophecy backs up a ruler, when God handpicks a ruler and places them there, there's probably more truth there than than the, you know there is to see because God's behind it. You know, Nebuchadnezzar. What did is, what did he what did he tell Israel when they were sent to Babylonian captivity? Go, I'm punishing you, but go. I have plans for you, good plans. Go and get married and marry off your children and build houses and farm your farms and herd you know and and tend your 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 cattle. You know, he said, go and have a life in Babylon. I'm 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 on I'm I'm in this. I'm for you. I have good good plans for you. Don't don't be afraid of my will. And they were like, no, we don't want to go to Babylon Babylonian captivity. So yeah, you have to cooperate with God's will, whether it makes sense or not to you. What do you mean Babylonian captivity is a good thing? What do you mean teaching us how to fight and dispossess giants in our territory is a good thing? See what I'm saying? It's not always, what do you mean laying on the beach and drinking a drink with an umbrella in it is a good thing? You know what I'm saying? Just because you don't understand or see God's will doesn't mean it's not God's will and it's not good for you. Without a Jezebel and an Ahab, there's no Elijah. Without a tribulation, a false prophet, a beast system, and an antichrist, there's no returning of Messiah. I want Messiah to return. But you're going to have to deal with the other stuff that comes with his return. Yes. We're hearing right now the voice of the masculine. Um, these are the voices that are being raised up right now. And to at the very beginning when we started, Don asked that question. It's those who can lead others into understanding and wisdom. And it's not the wisdom of a smart intuition. It says this wisdom of God he made it very clear. This is the angel speaking. Those that would have the wisdom to unravel the mysteries at the end, they will teach people to stand firm, take action, and know their God. That's discipleship. That's awesome. One la one quick thing before we let you go, and we'll we'll see you next week. Um, well, we'll see you Friday night on Shabbat Night Live if you don't show up on uh Two-minute warning. I don't think I'd be, I'll be here on Friday. So here, two-minute warning, we usually do a, I do a two-minute warning Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then it's a theme usually. And then on Friday, I unpack it like in a longer 20, 30-minute Bible study. I won't be able to this Friday. I have to – I'll be busy. Anyway, um, but I'm trying to see if I, if I remember what I was going to say. Anyway, I'll remember it. It'll, it, it'll come out at some point. Um. Yeah, it's just, oh, yes, I do remember. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those are their Babylonian names. My Christianity isn't based on, I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> That's not why I got into this thing. In the same way, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, here's what they said. My God is capable of delivering me from your fire. 
my God is capable of delivering me from hell's fire. But even if he doesn't, I will not bow down to your system. My sword is his because it's the right thing to do because he is sovereign. Don't fear the fire. Don't heed the bad report. God is sovereign. He knows what's happening. He knows what's going on. And all he's asking of us is to stand firm on his word and on his testimony, right? Remember, Israel balked. They freaked out. They wanted to go back to Egypt when they heard about the Nephilim. And God, and God asked Moses, how long are these people are going to despise me after all I've done? They, they, they think I brought, them, they brought, I brought them out here to kill them? That's not how he is. He doesn't give you stone when you ask for bread. He doesn't give you snake when you ask for fish. He's a good Abba. And he loves you and he's for you. And all his thoughts for you, I'm praying for you if you don't know, all his thoughts for you are good thoughts and they outnumber the stars in the sky and the grains of sand. You are his favorite one. You're listening to Chameleon Church, Biblical Antidotes for the Modern Man. With your host, Ellen Aguirre. The views and opinions expressed during our broadcasts are solely those of the broadcast producers, hosts, and or guests, etc., and are not necessarily the views or opinions of the Travelog Network, its sponsors, or affiliates.